Zach, it's episode 199. I don't know what I would do without you, Tim. Like, you know what's significant about the number 199? If you hear the one number 199, what do you think of first? Let's see if we're on the same page. Well, I, I think that we're one away from 200, but that just, uh, I'm sure we're not on the same page. Uh, well, to some, the greatest of all time football player was drafted 199, Mr. Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. I never would have come up with that. Yeah. Yeah. But so it's just, it's just to show you that the number 199 has a significant place in many mm. numbers, theories of the world. And so we are anticipating nothing but goat like performance. Yeah. Yeah. Performance yes. <laughs> over the next. Over the next 59 minutes. And if it's not as strong as Tom Brady and, and the GOAT um, then, quarterback, then, you know, it's okay. It's okay. But um, that's what I think. 199, one from 200. 100 was Jason Calacanis, if I recall. That is correct. Yeah, so, you know, that's that. I got nothing else with the 199, but yeah, you, you, there you go. When you hear the number 199, Casey, what do you think of? I'm with Tim on this. I think, oh, just one more to 200. That's my initial thought. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm nothing a, yeah. significant I'm to add to that. I'm person. sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, I, I, I like even thoughts. numbers. I just didn't, I need to get this off my chest. I've never done this before. I've never talked to anyone about this, but I like even numbers. However, I do. I, I view five. The number five is an even number because I like you know, the 5, 10, 15, 20 kind of thing. So even though five is odd in my strange way, it's still kind of even to me too. Okay. As we're on this topic, do you guys ever watch Family Feud? <laughs> Family Feud is the one where like they got the they got the numbers up on the thing, right? And then you got to guess. Yes. The, yeah. Okay. Yep. So on top Family five Feud. five answers are on the board. Yep. Top five answers, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Whenever there's a number question, you know, people have to give like a number. Like, yeah. oh, I think it's so interesting how people like, come up with like the most obscure numbers. And I'm like, okay, but what's going to roll off of someone's head first? Right. That's right. how you have to be thinking. And so whether it's uh, like five is an even number or something like that, even though it's not, but according to Tim, you know, five is an even number, you know, it's fine. But easy to come off, roll <laughs> off the tongue numbers are important. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that people will be like 87. And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> zero. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, but as let, let's, no, I'm real funny. You run, a, <laughs> you run a retail shop, and we'll get into all of that uh, in a little bit. But when you're thinking about numbers, there's a psychology there of is, yeah. how things are priced in, in any in, in anything really. And so you're trying to figure out that yep. number, of course, that people will buy. But like, mm -hmm. I, I've heard this stuff like with like a, a, at Wally World, like if the number's 97. It's yeah. one thing if it's 99. Costco's got it's the same deal. Yeah. It's so it's so ridiculous because you don't think about it. But like all these right. numbers matter in your world running um a retail pet store. Do you guys think about things like that? Is okay. So so yeah. walk us through the the number world of of retail pet store ownership. Yeah. So as far as the numbers and all of that, the psychology behind it, we try and mimic like those, those bigger stores and how they kind of have it structured. Um, there is a lot of research that goes into determining that. So we kind of buy into it. So if we have a product and we're trying to price it 
and the exact, you know, based off of our, our margin of what we want to have. If, if there's something that's like $11 and 47 cents, we're not going to do 1147. We're going to do 1149. We're going to do 1159 um, or 95 or, you know, there's, there's just some different ways that we go about it with that. But um, yeah, it's, it's really kind of like an interesting little, little thing that, that you think about as a retailer that you wouldn't think about otherwise. Yeah. And generally, like if there's a, a you, you price things, you, you're, you're low, medium and high, generally everything is priced to get you into that middle tier. Uh, yeah. That, you know, your top tier, your, your power, power customers or your, your loyal customers kind of thing. But yeah, you, you really want to try to push people from that bottom tier into that middle tier and your right. sweet spot, so to speak. You know, there's like menu psychology, like at restaurants about that stuff too, where like they'll make your eye go to something that's like called out and you think that's what they mm -hmm. want you to buy, but it's not. They want you to buy the thing right above that. So they're showing a different number that's a little, that's boxed out, that's higher, that gets that person to be like, oh, I don't want to spend $17, but I'll spend $13 on this thing. So it's, it's the whole game of yeah. all of this is so wild. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> It really is. It's fascinating when you dig into it and you start learning all of the research behind it, or you go through like the theory classes of, you know, just like graphic design, like you're saying for a menu. Um, there's so much theory that goes into that. And it's just such a weird little corner of the universe. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, that's why I tell everyone to, to like what you said, Casey, it's follow and watch what these bigger brands are doing. I mean, let them spend the millions of dollars on what's going to work and what's not going to work uh, rather than trying to get lucky. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah. From if you can, if you can kind of follow along and yeah, learn from, from their mistakes or what they're doing that works then by all means. So that's so that's that's talk about posnickety. What, what's what's the story? Uh, what's yeah, I, I don't really know anything about it. I was on the website earlier uh, before we went live to do some research, but I'd love to hear more. Sure. So posnickety pets were a holistic pet supply boutique in Ghent. Um, we're a click and mortar store, so full e-commerce shipping across the country. Um, as well, but we have our little local store that had since December of 2020. It's co-owned by myself and my best friend, Shizuka, who's not here with us today, but she is in spirit. So um, we started this store. Um, we've, we've been friends for well over a decade, and we've talked about many different opportunities. We both already have separate businesses that work really well together that we share clients with back and forth and refer each other for and consult with each other um, through and um, then we're both just obsessive pet parents. Um, I'm like child free by choice. So my dog and two cats are my whole world. And those are my babies. And Shizuka is a dog mama at heart too. So um, we came across the opportunity to give this little venture uh, a whirl and see what happens. And here we are. We just hit our three-year anniversary in December. Um, so it's just a, a great little neighborhood shop with all-natural, organic, human-grade food treats and supplements for cats and dogs only. You won't find anything on our shelves that doesn't fall into those categories. We, um, we take 
so much time and effort in research before we bring in a new product or a new product line. Um, and we really pride ourselves on just an excellent customer experience and being really well educated on the things that are on our shelves. So we can help people find the right products to help their pets live longer, healthier, happier lives with them. Okay, I got so much to go off of that, but my I first know, question, right? yeah, so my, but my first question is, has <laughs> nothing to do with that, but I think this is a good point for me to let people know that growing up, I have eaten a dog um, treat in my, uh, like a like a little dog treat in my life. Have either of the two of you ever tried a dog like treat, a little... Tim? Like, no, but if yeah, I, you know, was, like the dog um, I was thing. going to, I, I would I would ensure that I would pick something from the right. Postnickety inventory. Right, probably human grade <laughs> or pretty close, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything in our store is human grade. You can eat anything in there. There are a lot of things I won't try. Obviously, I'm a little weirded out by like the meat, <laughs> anything with yeah, protein yeah, in it. I'm like, like absolutely the, not. I wouldn't go with the pig snout, uh, you know, kind of thing. That's, no. That wouldn't be my first pick. <laughs> right, right. But we do have, I will tell you a funny story. We do have these um, Grandma Lucy's oven baked cookies, and they look like a little um, Teddy Graham. They're so cute. They look like a little Teddy Graham. And um, when we first started selling them in the store or shortly after we opened, our vendor that we bought them from shipped us a box full of all the different flavors. And we do Zoom trainings with all of our vendors to make sure that we really know our products. And so we get on the Zoom and the guy is like, okay, so which ones are your favorite? And we're like, well, we just got them and we haven't sold any yet. So we like, we don't really know what people like. And he was like, well, I'm not talking about what the dog's like. I'm talking about you. I sent you that box so that you would open every package and taste all of them and tell me what's your favorite. And we're like, ha that's cute. Okay, yeah. And he was like, no, <laughs> go get them. And so on this Zoom training with him, we have to open up all these packages and we're sitting here trying all these dog treats. And I'm just like, things I never thought I'd do in my life, but okay. And they're actually Well, now they're we really need to good. know what was they're the like, favorite. Really delicious. <laughs> What was the favorite? My personal favorite is my favorite flavor is the honey lemon flavor. Um, but I will say the pumpkin and the sweet potato banana are in the apple are all really good. I don't really like the cranberry. It's kind of bland. And the blueberry is like not great for me. But so those are. Yeah. So now when we super... have like events or things in our store. We pass them out and I'll like be like, oh, here, have a cookie. And then I'll be like, you're eating a dog treat. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so if, if, if you're hungry, you forgot your lunch on the counter because you're rushing out of your, your your home, will you snack on one of these dog treats in a pinch? Yep. Absolutely. And I will kind of throw my husband under the bus here. When he comes into the store for any reason, the first thing he does is goes into our little um, drawer where we keep all the open samples for dogs that come in to try. And he'll grab a handful of those cookies because he loves them so much. What's his favorite? <laughs> um, he likes the pumpkin the best as well. <laughs> they're just, they're really good. They're like, they're like a Teddy Graham, but they're just not as sweet as like what you would find for a human. They don't have all the sugar in them. I did not so, ex yeah, we do eat dog that treats. question. I did not expect that question to go that that deep. Um, so that was yeah. that was fascinating. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. What a great, you know. So like one ninety nine is living up to the expectation already. You know, you you said I had to have the goat. 
<laughs> the goat kind of energy. So I'm going to try well, and bring it as best as I can. <laughs> I said that before I knew that there was only cats and dog um, related toys or treats or anything like that. So, well, goats, the funny thing you is, find goats there. yeah. Well, so when, when I was on the, the site, um, and we'll get the site on the show notes and uh, we'll, 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 we'll bring that up in a moment, but like, it took me a second. Maybe it was because I, I just hadn't finished my second cup of coffee. I don't, I don't know what the deal was, but it, you know, when, you, when it comes to different products, I was like, what are, what are humans, you know? And I was, so I had to click on it and actually look <laughs> to see what that was because it just, it did not register that it was for human products, but there's a little play on words there uh, talking. I don't know if that was dog talk or cat talk or just, I guess just pet talk in general, but uh, yeah, I, I had to, mm -hmm. and did you, was that done purposely so that you would get people to click on that or are you, what's the story behind that? Yeah. So um, we started just in our, in our marketing and our social media and things just like kind of in pet talk um, started calling people humans instead of humans. And then, uh, we started seeing when in our blog posts and things like some of our blogs that have the word human started to rank um, in search mm. engine results. So then I thought, why not just really go all all in on this idea? And like, that's just how we refer to humans now. Um, and I thought, what an eye catching opportunity. It's probably going to bewilder people at first. They're going to be like, what is this? Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad that you had that experience because it's well, exactly what I wanted I, yeah. to happen. You gotta, your, your click rankings uh, may have uh, gone up a, a click or two because of that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Humans. <laughs> okay. So I think a lot of dog parents are super ridiculous about the, the types of food that goes into their animals. And you talked about how it's important for you to figure out who's trustworthy and things like that. Generally, what should someone who owns a pet be looking for to understand this is good, this isn't? Because I think you know, the, uh, I think the site that we use is uh, Dog Food Advisor. It really breaks it down pretty well. It, at least it mm -hmm. seems like it, it, it does. And it's, but when you're it, not just for you know animal food and things like that but you're trying to trust someone that's marketing to you. And I think a lot of people don't think that, oh, well, they're really just marketing to you, right? And so they're trying to hit things that will make you make a decision. But at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily verify that this product is is good for whoever you want to consume it. So when it comes to, to animals, what are some of the things that people can look for to know that the food that they're putting in their animals' bodies is, is gonna be as close to the best thing they can get as possible? Yeah, I'm really glad that you asked this question. So one of the things that we take a look at is we take a look at, like, are these brands um, sourcing from the same places every single time? Do they know exactly what farms things come from? Do they have the same vendors? A lot of your bigger brands that you'll find in big box stores, they just shop around and get the best deal. They don't care about the quality. They don't care about how the animals are raised. They don't care if it's ethically done. They don't care. They just want the lowest price possible. So they just put a bid out and they take it from whoever they can get it from. So we look for those brands that really 
care about that. So a lot of independent smaller brands are a lot better for that reason. And they also don't have those big marketing budgets. Um, so you won't see them in a lot, like you have to dig a little bit deeper to come across them. Um, but we look for things also that are like, are they putting real whole fruits and vegetables and protein in these products? Or is it like chicken meal instead of just a whole chicken? Is it, is it like vitamins and, and additives, uh, to make up for the fact that they're using all these products and things that aren't nutritionally sound. So they're having to pack it with all these vitamins at the end. Um, so we look for brands that use whole, whole prey, whole, real, raw, fresh vegetables and produce, um, organic, um, certified organic products. Um, we look for those brands that do the the like they know exactly where things are coming from for sourcing um, all their ingredients as well. So those are just a, a few of the things that we we initially look at. Well, uh, question I have: Do you did you start did you start from scratch or did you acquire this business when you first got started? What's the the origins of the company? Yeah, that's that's a great question as well. So there used to be another pet supply store in our space. And I knew the owner through a networking group that I was in at the time. And she had mentioned that um, she was going to shut down. She mostly only had um, some dog food and treats um, and a little bit of cat, but not a whole lot. She was just struggling. And I thought, what a shame. So I heard about this news and I was over at Shizuka's house for dinner um, and I'm sitting there at her table while her husband is whipping up this delicious meal. And I'm like, man, I am so sad because this is such a, such a great opportunity and idea and something that the really, the community really needs um, and isn't present right now. And I just, I was like, I don't know. I kind of, I have so many thoughts and ideas on it. My creative brain was just exploding <laughs> with how we could rebrand it and how we could market it and all of these things. And Shizuka looked at me and she said, well, if the numbers are right, I'll go have these on it with you. Um, mm. And so her husband um, has a background in sales. And so he sat down with me right there and we hammered out an email to the owner and just said, you know, would you ever consider selling? I know you're going through a tough time and you haven't fulfilled your lease and um, all of these things are kind of falling apart. Like, would you at least entertain the idea of selling off your inventory and subletting to us if the landlord allows us to do so or in any of that? And so uh, we set a meeting with her and then we went back and ran numbers and we did our best case, worst case scenario projections um, and it looked good. And um, we signed a lease and then 10 days later opened our doors. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's interesting. Uh, cause, and you used the word struggling just now as well. So I was that, that's why I was like, wow, like maybe you got a slow start, but generally founders are so proud that they're, you know, they're, they've never struggled at all. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's a really, that's super, super interesting, uh, the whole background of that. And then was there an e-commerce component to that business before you had purchased it? Or was that something you totally added? Yes. 
so in our purchase we did buy the web she had the the dom well she had her domain and her shopify set up and everything so we purchased that all and we rebranded all of that and built it up and added every single product in the store to it um and yeah that was all that was all a part of it we thought we're in the middle it was december 2020 stores were shutting down restaurants were closing we Everybody was like, this is a really ridiculous idea um, to do in the middle of this pandemic. And also remember the two of you, Shizuka and I, neither one of us have ever worked retail prior to this. Neither one of mm -hmm. us have ever worked in the pet industry prior to this. Um, so people were just like, is this an early April Fool's Day joke? Like what is happening <laughs> with you two? <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> um, have y'all have y'all lost your minds? And we're like, we can do this. Like this is this is gonna be fine. We know exactly how we want to go about it. It's something that the community is really gonna get behind and love. And we're gonna just create this community that is just just so happy and trustworthy and fun to be in. That it's we're gonna figure it out no matter what. I want to. I want to. Well, very I wanna, determined. I want to touch on that, the community needs, right? So oftentimes people um, that are starting a business, acquiring a business, they look at, okay, like, I like this thing. I want this thing. Therefore, I think others will want this thing as well. And it can be really hard to determine an unbiased kind of approach to it to say, okay, this, this really is something that people need, right? So what did mm -hmm. you do to really verify that hey, I would like this in my community. And the three people that I've talked to would like this. And I know they've had customers and stuff like that, but to then actually acquire the business and, and decide that it was going to be something that you're going to put a ton of time, attention and money into. It's just one of those things where I think it's, it can be difficult to understand, especially in retail, that there is, there is an actual need for, for something like this. How did you figure out that, that those aspects to it? Well, during that time in the midst of the pandemic, people were adopting pets left and right. So we knew there was a significant increase, like hundreds of percentages increase in the amount of people that were bringing pets into their homes. And so we took that information and we also, I did a deep dive. I love research. I love like going down random rabbit holes of data and information. Um, so I went down this rabbit hole of going through all kinds of census data and records and public information in all these databases and coming up with this presentation of these are all the factors of why this will work in this community. So we looked at the number across the country, the increases, of course, of people who were bringing pets into their homes and also just here locally, um, how many shelters and rescues there are how many um how many people you know what the average household looks like as far as pets across hampton roads um so we went into a deep dive of that research and found some really promising information that that led us to that that, that more unbiased opinion about you know is this something that we just want to do or is this something that the community does need because i see it all the time of of people thinking like, oh, I have this idea and I need this, so it's gonna work. You know, I've run into, I've run across companies like that left and right over the past several years. And it, it is kind of hard sometimes to take a step, step back and look at the bigger picture and take your emotions out of it or your own wants and needs out of it and think about what 
what is really going to serve the community in, at the end of the day. When you added to the e-commerce portion, do you, did you start by you both packaging and shipping yourself or have you been, like, do you drop ship? Did you like, how do you, how did it start and where is it now? Or maybe it's the same. Yeah. So um, we, we package up everything ourselves. Um, we don't do any drop shipping right now. Still um, everything comes from, from our back room and our, in our little store. So we're still rolling along with that method for now and it's working beautifully. Um, our whole team is trained. So whoever's working in the shop that day, we just have one person at a time and they're all trained on how to, how to pack those orders up and get them out the door. I appreciate that just in the sense of like so many founders that we, that we talk to, they want to get to that end state so fast, uh, that, that it's okay. And, and I'm sure you have the opportunity by not drop shipping little handwritten note, you know, if you know the dog, the pet's yes. birthday, I mean, whatever the case is, you can add that, that human touch to build that sense of community. So it gives you the opportunity to do those things, which is cool. Yeah. We love putting a little personal touch on things. Yeah. We write, we write little love notes. We put cute little stickers on it. We, you know, zhuzh up the, put some paw print tissue paper in there and just try and make it a really boutique experience, no matter how you come across us. As a, uh, as a numbers person, I have to ask before I forget, what's the breakdown of e-commerce of, of e -commerce to in-store purchase? Do you, do you know the, the, the numbers between the two? Yeah. And I'll actually add a third into that if I can. Ooh. So we do have yes, our, our in-store purchases, but we also do a lot of vendor events like the Get Farmers Market and all kinds of um, pop-ups all over the area. Mm -hmm. So we kind of separate all three of those out from each other. So our in-store purchases um, are 70% of our sales. Um, mm -hmm. And then our markets are 20% uh, and then e-commerce is the last 10. Okay, very cool. And has that been pretty steady? Yes. Well, yeah, I think when we first opened, we started doing markets immediately and that was probably a bigger part of it to get the word out um, and to really kind of like embrace the community that way. Um, but it very quickly changed to a loyal, in-store purchase customer. So you've been best friends for a decade plus, I think you said. Now you guys own a business together. Yes. Yes. Is that word, is, is that best friends word in kind of like quotations now? Are you guys better friends? Like uh, how, how, how has that been? Because, you know, a lot of people yeah. would question working with someone that they're so close with because they don't want to jeopardize mm -hmm that relationship what what's the dynamic of where that is now yeah I she's not she's not she's not listening it. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if she's on the live watching the live stream but she probably is um but yeah i think that now I, a lot of people warned us ahead of time and they were like don't you know like look so this is not going to go well like there's so many horror stories of business partnerships and especially in a dynamic where you have been friends or know each other, known each other for so long. But the thing is, the thing is with Shizuka and myself is that we both are just 
very candid <laughs> with each other. And um, we we both just are the type of people that if there's something bothering us or we don't like something or if we're having some kind of even minor disagreement, which we rarely do, we're usually like I would say 98% of 98% of the time on the same exact page and thinking the same thing. Um, there's just been so very little minute uh, issues along the way. But when there are, we just both are like, hey, I'm going to need a minute. Or can we talk about this a little bit more? Or can I try and explain kind of where I'm coming from and my perspective on this thing? And we just like get it out of our systems and move on. We're, um, I think we're, we kind of, I don't know, this is like a, a good thing to say, but I, I feel like in that aspect, I feel like men in general are more that way where you just kind of like have it out, have your moment, talk it out and you move on. Whereas typically, like, I feel like a lot of females are like more like, I'm going to pin this up. I'm going to hold a grudge. I'm going to like stew on it. And you don't want me, you don't want either of us, Shizuka or myself to stew on anything ever. <laughs> um, that is a bad, bad road to go down. So we just, yeah, we are we have more of an appreciation and admiration and closer friendship than we've ever had because we have grown this beautiful little baby together. And um, it's been, it's, there have been ups and downs along the way, but like the, the highs by far outweigh the lows. Um, they've been so minor in, in the big picture of things, but I know a lot of people are just like, they will ask us, well, are you, do you still actually like hang out? Yeah, we we love spending time together, <laughs> like not just working, but I'm like, yeah, let's let's go sit at farmhouse and have have a beer or two and just hang out and not talk shop. Like, and of course it's gonna come up in the conversation at some point because that's what we do. Um, and there's always just some lingering idea or thought nugget that we have to chew on. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful relationship and I know we're really, really lucky in that aspect, but we have such a solid friendship to build off of and such a, a an agreement, almost a nonverbal agreement of how we will interact and engage and treat each other, even on our worst days. So with that, you're having this conversation, you're, you're drinking a beer or two, an idea comes up. How, it, how do you are you generally on the same page like love it or is one person over here the other person's way over there uh, how do you integrate change and in, in new innovative ideas for the business um well luckily both of us love love a good moment to change and adapt um, neither one of us are the type of people that are like, well, it's always been just done this way. So let's just keep doing it this way. We're always looking to grow. Like we both have that like kind of just need to continually learn and grow and be like, you know, cliche, but student of life. So we both have that going for us. And so, um, and we're both super supportive of each other. We both trust. So Shizuka's background is in operations management and mine's in marketing and design. So we both have our pretty clear cut roles and responsibilities with the company, but we, and we try to stay in our own lanes, but we also respect that the other person is just as smart and competent in general as the other. So if an idea pops up and, you know, what, the idea may not be the greatest. The other person will be like, okay, well, you know, I love this part of it and I love that part of it, but I see this issue 
maybe arising um, with this aspect. So like, what can we do about that? How can we just adapt it? How can we, how can we um, kind of reformulate things in a way that does make sense across the board? Um, so we're generally very excited to hear each other's ideas and we pump each other up and um, are always, always looking to support each other in a, a very respectful manner. So even if ideas suck, we're still just like, you know what? I kind of like this about it at least. <laughs> so it's like that compliment sandwich or criticism sandwich. Where right, you're right. Like, <laughs> you compliment, you criticize, you compliment. And we try to do that too. You, you have a marketing background and historically it's been for helping other, other businesses. Now that right. you have over the last 36 plus months, have your own kind of business that you would have historically helped someone else grow it. What did you like learning from the past? What did you immediately implement that didn't work that you thought was like a shoe in to work or any, anything like that, that maybe worked with another client, but then when you did it on your own, it didn't, was there any kind of craziness around that? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a really quick, great question. I can't, I can't think of something that, that I may have taken that didn't really work because I don't, I don't really think in terms of like, does it work or does it not? There's always a piece of it that I can take and mm -hmm. move forward with. There's always like one little, you know, slice of it that might be um, doable, but um, I'm not really a, like a, a black and white wrong. There's this and like the right answer for everything and a wrong answer for everything. Sure. I'm kind of a great area gal. So, um, no. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I just knew a lot of people during that time weren't trying to figure out ways to, um, you know, still have people coming to their store. So they weren't implementing the in-store pickup, like buy online, pickup in-store, um, or curbside options. Uh, a lot of smaller business were smaller businesses were really struggling with that. So I knew immediately when we opened, we had to have those options. We had to ship locally and deliver locally um, because you know everybody was staying home, and we had to make sure that we were making people feel safe that did come in the store. So um, there were some the things along of, those lines. The best part about pickup, and Tim, I know you don't do a lot of this stuff or the, like the delivery, but you know, like historically, if like, you know, uh, you ordered Domino's pizza, you got to go out and have the person hand it to you and, and they give you the receipt. Now you don't have to deal with that. They just put the damn thing on the, the front doorstep and then maybe they tell you they've left uh, or not, or maybe your dogs just bark at the door long enough that they know that someone has come by, but it's so great. <laughs> it's like, you don't have to see a human. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> like that was like, if, if the pandemic did anything great, that was it. You don't yeah. have to go talk to some like, like random Roger. Like, Oh, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. We definitely, we do a lot of home delivery. The only thing we just, do? Uh, they just, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that we don't do necessarily is food. And okay. it's just, it, food is, food is tough, but yeah, groceries and oh, it's like two times the amount of money. It's so obnoxious. It's like, yeah. ugh, I hate it. Yeah, it's pricey. <laughs> Casey, do you have a rule of thumb in terms of when you do implement something new? How long will you run with it before you make a determination of, all right, let's scrap this, we'll keep this, and move on? Yeah, do, do you have any hard, yeah, I, set fast thing? 
I think it kind of depends on what we're talking about, but for the most part, I would say we like to give things like three to six months. Generally, I think that's a, a decent enough time frame where you can gather the information and data that you need to make a better decision. What have been your most successful ideas uh, to date that I would imagine, like to me, like when I saw like all the different photo contests that like, that's just like a no brainer, right? I mean, that is just, people right. love to share pictures of their pets. And, and that, I mean, this, that is just such a no-brainer to run with. Yeah, there's been some really, really fun things that we've done. So one of the, the contests that I think has been one of our best ones um, is we, I came up with this idea for Mutt Madness that kind of mimics mm. um, the uh, March Madness tournament and plays along during that time frame. So uh, we, it's just a photo contest. It's basically who's got the cutest pup. Um, and we put their pictures up on our website and people vote and then they win a trophy and, a, and a big old gift basket. So that's been one of our, our most fun ideas. That's really done really well. Um, but I think b beyond that, one of our best ideas we've had was from day one, we knew we wanted to give back to the community and give back to local shelters and rescues. Um, and over time, we kind of tweaked that and figured that out. But our pod option program is such a success. So we um, give away anyone that comes in the store and has adopted a pet and shows us their adoption paperwork within the past 30 days um, from adoption date, they get a free kit, totally free to them. And it's $120 plus worth of full-size products like food, treats, supplements, supplies. It is a boatload of stuff um, for that new pet adopter. And we have like over time adapted that as well so that we have a welcome home wall in our store. We have this big old wall by our register desk and we put their pictures up there. Um, and we've done several hundreds of those and we've given away um, over $30,000 worth of products through that program and our other charitable programs since we opened our doors a little over three years ago. Um, but it's such a good, it's such a good, like heartwarming experience for us to be able to help a pet parent that's got a new pet in their home, be able to come in and get a bunch of stuff to get them started on the right foot. And, and then we get to know them, we get to know them and their pets and watch them and, um, you know, we really get attached to <laughs> to all of that. Well, I was going to say, I would imagine uh, being in Ghent that you probably have your regulars where, that take their dogs for a walk and pop in, grab a little something, something. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, too, because we're not too far off of one of the trailheads from the Elizabeth River Trail. And so in the warmer months, people are always walking their dogs over our way off that trail back into Ghent. And there are, I've seen dogs pull their humans across the street because <laughs> um, they can smell our store and they smell all the yummy snacks we've got for them. It's so funny to see them like pull them up to the door, be like, I need a treat. I just walked three miles with you. I deserve a reward. <laughs> Oh, I'm just thinking, <clears throat> I, I have two dogs. I love them dearly. I don't want another dog right now. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, I can't imagine having to have a third. <laughs> a lot of like, work. Like two is enough. 
my I have my one black lab Tim I haven't even told you this yet she has uh, she has a taste for moles and um, living where we do she has the um, mole whisperer the mole whisperer in, in she an has, aggressive way yeah last week she found her sixth mole since we've um, had her um, yeah and um, does she like smell them and then like dig? No, I think she them? sees these little these 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 little uh, gremlins like moving a little bit in the in in the grass because really? they only go as deep as they need to go. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then she like I've seen her. I've, I've I have found her with mole in mouth throwing it literally like this ball. And um, she thinks it's a yeah, toy. Yeah, she absolutely thinks it's a toy. This last one that was uh, found. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it it was unable to burrow itself back into the ground. Let's just say that. Um, oh no, she, she's a mole killer. Let it let the world know. <laughs> yep, my black lab is a mole killer, and um, oh, no, yeah, no, as they say, the yeah, circle of it life, happened, but yeah, it know, is very circle of life. <laughs> They're they're very interesting looking creatures. I don't know if you've ever seen a mole. Yeah, they're well, they're not very attractive. I no. did not say that. How dare you say that about no, moles? No, those are my words. Those are my words. Kind of a, kind of a face that only a mother could love, but <laughs> I think they're kind of cute in their weird little way. <laughs> they are uh, interesting little creatures, but yeah, she's found six um, in two wow. years, and mm -hmm. um, hopefully that was the last one because. It's... Well, yeah. Hey, tell your friends and tell your family that you got you can't stay here, or you may be next. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is not this is not the yard for our family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> no, and um, it is it's quite interesting. I think when we I don't think there's moles in Norfolk. I just feel like there isn't now that we live outside of Norfolk. It's, oh really? I don't know. I just never, we, there was never a mole issue before. Mm. I think when you get out more towards the country. I am not country, a fan. I just, it just irritates me when they, yeah. I just, you know, oh, when their yard's all squishy and uh, when they're burrowing and tunneling and, yeah. Yeah. Apparently they, they, they eat the grubs that are in the soil. And they are a 12-month creature, by the way. They do not hibernate. Uh, mm. They're in the winter. Mm. Not that we really have winters here. That. This isn't this isn't Buffalo, uh, but they'll just burrow a little lower, is what uh, the internet said. Huh. So you know, <laughs> here's your mole 101. Yeah, on, on <laughs> episode 199. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks I don't, for the mole my, education. My I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, my two dogs wouldn't be smart enough to, uh, or they're just too friendly that they would. Hey, what's up? They would not do any harm oh, to them. I think Riley would go yeah. after that. I don't know. My dog um, has has a little penchant for possums herself. Um, mm. A lot of a lot of possums and raccoons in our neighborhood in Norfolk. <laughs> yes. Um, and one, two years ago, it was the week of my birthday. And I was like, do you think these are presents for me? What is happening right now? She was catching baby possums, juvenile possums oh, in our my. backyard. And bringing them to me. And I'm like, that is not a toy. Mm. That is not a present for me. I'm going to need you to please stop for the love of everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. It was it was a little concerning for a minute. 
and she's we also battled a raccoon. She's gotten to a fight and lost a fight with a, a deranged raccoon in our neighborhood a couple mm. of times too. So that was a wild adventure in itself. Yeah, Dogs are crazy. Are there, I was a cat. I was a cat lady like until like almost forty years old. I had never had a dog as an adult. I had dogs growing up, but I lived in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, and they were hunting dogs. They were Britneys. Mm -hmm. They were across the street in a giant pen, and um, and then. Now um, I have an indoor dog and I'm like, this creature belongs in the wild. <laughs> she is, she's part Pyrenees. So she's got that like very intense, like nose and sniff and um, smell finder. <laughs> she will find any animal. I always think it's interesting when people get, when, when people get dogs and they haven't like looked at like how active they need to be. And like, they're like, it literally says walk this dog like six miles a day and the people like don't ever walk them. And I'm just like, yeah, this dog like has so much energy. You have to get that out of them. And if you're not going to like, yes, it's cute, but like, it's probably going to be a tear right. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. The, uh, yeah. my wife, our, our conversation that we have a lot is the, the rise in popularity of the golden doodle, but what people don't realize and people get the golden doodle because they don't have, they don't shed, but that means they need to be mm -hmm. groomed like every six weeks. And those grooming bills can be quite pricey, especially when you have the golden doodle that is like the, the suburb dog of the, uh, there's just so popular now, but it's, it's really pricey. So now that is a lot of these golden doodles are being given up to adoption because the owners can't um, afford the grooming bills. Yeah, the grooming bills on those are crazy. And like the, I mean, they get matted. I don't think people understand that golden doodles like right. have that fur that gets matted really easily. So if you let it go beyond what it should be, it gets really bad really fast. Um, and yep. then people also complain about, well, my dog's got this horrible haircut. And we're like, well, you, yeah, you kind of let it go too far. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it happens. But yeah, a lot of people don't understand the high energy dogs. Um, our dog, we adopted her. She was three years old when we got her. And I walk her three to five miles a day. She's very, very active, very high energy. Um, she's calmed down a lot. She had like horrible separation anxiety uh, when we first got her. And we gave her CBD. We like did all of these things. But the CBD and the walking mm. helps a lot. But I think a lot of people just don't yeah, they think about the cute aspect of a pet, but they don't think about like the time and attention um, that a dog requires, period, let alone all the exercise that certain breeds really need. How long have you uh, been in Hampton Roads and how did you make your way to this area? Oh, um, it will be 15 years in April. Um, my husband was in the Navy. He just retired a few months ago after 20 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just happenstance. Um, his orders changed and, uh, we had three weeks notice that we were moving here <laughs> and, wow. uh, came here and loved it. We weren't expecting to quite honestly, we have a lot of friends in the military that complain about this area a lot and lived here before we got here. And so I was like, Oh, Virginia, what ew? I don't want to go there. What's there. <laughs> and then we came up that weekend. We got that notice that his orders had changed. We drove up and we went to look for apartments down towards the beach and we're driving up 264. And I'm like, there are no palm trees. This is not a beach. What is this? place? 
we were coming from Florida at the time. So I had a very different picture in my head of what it was going to look like and be like here. But it only took a few days for us to live down by the ocean front. And like, just, we lived like tourists the first like six years we lived here. And we were always down at the beach, riding our bikes, going to all the free music events and all of that. Um, and so we were very quickly fell in love with the area. Okay, so what were some of the things that people were discouraging about the area from a negative perspective? Because I feel like I moved here in seven. So at 17 years now, geez, that's ridiculous to think mm -hmm. about. I've been here for 17 years now. And people were like, you're going to hate it, yada, yada, yada. And I just went with the flow. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Obviously, I've been here for a long time. All three of us have at this point. We're all transplants, I think is the right word. Um, so what were the things that people were <laughs> saying from a negativity perspective? And then what were some of the things that made you quickly realize that those people were donkeys and they didn't know what they were talking about? <laughs> well, they were saying things like, well, the people are rude. It's really expensive. There's nothing to do. Um, the crime is really bad. Um, but the main source of that information was someone that I had grown up with. And we're from one of the most rural areas in Kansas and she grew up on a cattle ranch. Like her summer job was baling hay and herding cattle. And then she got stationed in Norfolk and lived in Ocean View. And so after mm -hmm. coming here and exploring the area, I was like, you just chose, chose the wrong neighborhood to live in. Of course you're miserable. Like you right. went from living 50 miles down a gravel road um, to being like right on top of your neighbor. Um, of course you're not gonna like that very much. So after, after that and just exploring around i was like people pay money to come on vacation to this area yes. like there's a lot to do there's always something going on and maybe it's not in new york it's not in la you know like i have friends from both of those areas that live here now and they're like oh this is too slow of an area and i'm like this is my happy medium like i think this is a great great area because there's always something going on something different to partake in um but it's not overwhelming that's well, Tim's you, line about the vacation. He he loves to use that. You know, people spend no, their really? money. But it's here. true. Yeah. It's, no, no, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when you do have family uh, and friends that come to visit, what are the things that you take them to go see? Um, well, I always have to take people to my favorite restaurants. Um, I okay, okay. Just love what are those? Like, can, oh, what are those? Okay, we're gonna yeah. really dig yeah. in. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, some of some of my favorites, I love toast. I love streets. Um, I love Grandiflora. Um, those are probably like some of my top three spots that I will take people to. Um, and that my friends and family that come to visit will request to go back to again and again. Um, Where's so Grandiflora? Grandiflora is over in um, West Kent in uh, Chelsea. It's over kind of like over by Smartmouth. Oh, okay. It's a... It's an old um, like Victorian home that's been restored and it's like a B and B, but they have, it's a, they do like charcuterie and wine and um, is their Orpac services. Is still over there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too far. This is just a few blocks away from Orpax, but, um, and they have this amazing Turkish breakfast on the weekends, um, like breakfast buffet um, but their service is incredible. They know so much about their wines and things that they bring in there. Um, mm -hmm. and it's just a really cool, eclectic, like 
it's a it's a vibe it's a vibe in there for sure we well, got chelsea baker in there too and i think when people think oh, about yeah. in this area people never mm -hmm. bring up that place and then you, you mention chelsea bakery pizza and they're like oh yeah it's so weird how like yeah. they're like that might be like the top one of the top three pizza places in the area but people never think mm -hmm. of it first but then when yeah. they hear about it yeah. they're like Oh yeah, I forgot to mention them. Yeah, I, I guess I, because pizza isn't in their name. I don't know. They sell out quick yeah, of their stuff for sure. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So we events? check out restaurants. We go to like museums. Um, I always like to take people to the Chrysler or to Mocha. Um and events. Um, some of my friends have come in for like like uh wine fest at Town Point Park or um like different beer festivals and things <laughs> like that. So Zach and I have been to Wine Fest a time or two. I've yeah. only one. No. Only once a year. Oh, I love wine. <laughs> I have I have not had wine in since I went to Wine Fest last, which we have not gone in a few years because there's always been something in the way. And mm. actually I feel I feel good about that. I think we need to uh, find a new thing because wine and Zach Miller don't mix. Let's just say <laughs> I, I, I think they okay. mix beautifully. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have very different opinions on this. That's interesting. <laughs> it's Tim doesn't drink wine, but that one day a year. I mean, when was the last time you had wine? Was it then? Yeah. Probably wine fest. Yeah. I may have a sober oh, yeah, from, from Terry's <laughs> glass of wine, but yeah. Okay. So like we went on a cruise about a year ago and they let you bring on a bottle of wine with every uh, person mm -hmm. that, with every hu human that goes on board. And um, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> I love that I'm, you I'm, keep using it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested in what the um, the AI tool actually writes oh, right? as the transcript as human, if they yeah. actually write human or human, how that goes. But anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll um, have to pay attention to that. So you can bring a bottle of wine on, on the cruise. Mm -hmm. Didn't drink, didn't even open the damn thing. Hmm. Didn't open it. Megan didn't open hers. Like, nope, just didn't do oh it. My gosh. Just not a not a wine family. Not wine people. No. Not wine people. Well, I think it's because I, I buy really cheap wine. <laughs> well, at the wine fest anyway, Horton Norton, wasn't that your go-to? Yep. If it's there, there. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, what's your yeah, I don't even yeah. I don't know. And I'm a very like simple kind of guy when it comes to alcohol. Like I know what I want and okay. I know what I do and I don't, I don't know what I can't have. I know what I can't have because it's, I don't want to feel that way the next day. So I'm just a you mm -hmm. know, strict lame beer kind of guy. Gotcha. It doesn't get better with age, Zach. I'm just telling you. Yes, it does. <laughs> Your palate might, but recovery does not speed up. No. No, it doesn't. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. So those are some of the things I like to take people to do. We always have to go on base and show them. Everybody wants right. to see the ships. And when my husband was active duty, he worked on helicopters. So we always got to go into the helicopter squadrons and let people crawl around in them and check them out. So they always like that um, as well. That's cool. Uh, a friend of the show, Gary Locke, was a helicopter pilot. Oh. and I know Gary. You do? Okay. Yeah, so he would tell us some stories about stuff like that and just the mm -hmm. the wild military aspect of just helicopters and how dangerous they are. And right. yeah, it's, yeah, 
very it's, scary when you yeah <laughs> it's very it's like people think planes yeah. are dangerous like helicopters mm-hmm. like so much can go haywire so quickly it's yeah mm-hmm. not a lot of redundancy on the the helicopter either yeah yeah so where do you anticipate taking this this store do you just continue to do it the way you are maybe um uh, increasing some of the the click of the click and mortar aspect of it. Where, where, what's your what are y'all's vision of this? Yeah, so we are looking to expand into a bigger mm-hmm. space um, where we can have a room where we'll have like self washed self wash stations. It's hard for me to say for some reason, um, and have groomers come in and also have event like an event space. Um, so we're on the on the like prowl for something that we can expand into. We also have dreams of in the next handful of years expanding across the area and having multiple locations. Um, but we are bootstrapping this baby. We made our initial teeny tiny baby investment. We haven't put any more money back into it besides what we've earned so far. Um, so um, we're going we're going the slow and steady route with it. But we do have pretty pretty audacious goals um, for where we want to be in the next five to 10 years. Nothing wrong with that. I would imagine that that's got to be really tough though. I mean, like you want to keep your core customers. So like uh, you probably just have to wait for the right opportunity to present itself before you, because like you just can't get up and move across town. I mean, that would be like starting from zero, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've, we've grown such a loyal customer base where we're at and so, yeah, we don't want to have to start all over again. If we move a few blocks, you know, in a different direction, that's like a little more walkable, a little bit more foot traffic, that would be pretty ideal. Um, but I, I think Ghent, we'll, we'll keep our flagship in Ghent forever. It's, it's such a great community and we love being a part of it. It's crazy how even just moving a little bit can affect things. I remember Empire downtown. Tim, I don't know if, if you had ever been there, but it's mm-hmm. where Luce is. Mm-hmm. And it was always packed every single night that they were open. Then they moved literally three doors down. And it's like they met their kryptonite. And it was like everything changed. Dude, come really on. Tell me, there? Tell me that really was amazing. There, Zach? Tell me that was amazing how I just did that. <laughs> come on. <laughs> That was really good. Like, did it? But and now you're the, you're, are I, you their Superman? Yeah, that uh... I'm not. No, but no, it, it like it. It went from like a thirty seat shop to maybe a hundred seats, and it never was packed. And they had to close within a few, I think, mm-hmm. a few months. And it just it was it was absolutely terrible for them. Oh, and so no. it's interesting how could it, it was so popular on the corner. They moved to a bigger spot because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that expansion absolutely killed the business. And and that was a fun place. Uh, always, always a good time and un, un, unfortunate to, to, to see the demise of that. But it's mm-hmm. crazy how just yeah. uh, a couple doors down can really can, can screw with the business. Yeah, that's, that's a good cautionary tale. Um, that's, that's a little scary. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's wild how just and it like was some, on the, something the like that will make it. Yeah, it was it was during the growth of Norfolk too. So it's not like it was Norfolk that you know was mm-hmm. on the decline. It was no, like Norfolk was mm-hmm. getting more you know, more and more apartments were coming downtown during that time. And so it was it was it was wild to see. Mm-hmm. But wow. Well, Casey, Casey we appreciate yeah. well, um, your time. Pause crossed. That doesn't happen yes. to us. 
Paws crossed. Yes. Uh, we appreciate you uh, spending some time with these uh, two crazy humans and uh, best of luck and success <laughs> in the you. future. Yeah. Thanks, Casey. Thank you so much for Appreciate having you. me. <laughs>